Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Here in today's passage that we read, Proverbs 3, 9, and 10, I want to read it to you from two other uh, translations. I want to read it to you from the New King James Version. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruits of all your increase so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Um, New Living Translation puts it this way. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part, all right? Not just the first part, but the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. With good wine. What's he saying here? He's saying, hey, look, I want you to give me your first, and I want you to give me your best. Today, as we wrap up uh, this part of the series on provision, I believe this. I believe that today's message, if we catch the heart of it, has the ability to change everything in your life. I really mean that. As I've been studying, getting ready for today's message and diving into this idea that scripture talks about first fruits. What is the first fruits? How does the first fruits work? How does it work today in our context? What, where do we see it in the New Testament? What is the first fruits? I believe that if we grasp this, it'll change every area of your life. Not just the provision part, not just the financial part, but literally every area of your life. Uh, last night, I had eight teenage girls. I have uh, two teenage daughters, and I had six other teenage girls at my house. Has anybody ever experienced that joy in their life before? Okay. And so I don't have any sons. I have daughters. And so they have all their girlfriends over. And so this week was homecoming week for their school. Anybody can think back to homecoming week? Spirit week, right? You get dressed up. You got the football game on Friday night, which by the way, our team won. Come on, somebody. Um, And then Saturday's the dance. Now, uh, for me, because I had no context, I had three older brothers, and so there's just four boys in the house. So these moments, it was like, yeah, throw on some clothes, make sure you don't smell, and let's go to the dance. Come on, somebody, right? Well, now that I have teenage daughters, you know, and they've been going to homecoming and proms for the last couple years, um, I realized something. It's an all-day event to get ready for that night, right? Like, it starts early in the morning, and like, literally everything else is canceled. Basketball games, whatever else is going on, we're skipping that. Uh, We got to get ready, and we got to get our makeup done. And you can't just do your own makeup, right? You got to go have it done, right? All the men are like, what are you talking about right now? Have daughters, you'll understand. And then it's the hair, and then it's like, and it's the waiting because you had to get in at a certain time, even though the thing doesn't start till this. And so there's like this gap, and so they're just kind of walking around the house all day, making sure they don't mess up their makeup and their nails and their hair. Um, and so then afterwards, and we started this because I, I, as a dad uh, with two daughters, I decided a long time ago I want to be the place where all the kids hang out, right? Like I don't look. I trust me. I don't trust all y'all. Okay. Telling it how it is. So I want all the kids coming over to my house so I can keep an eye on what's taking place, all right? And, uh, and so a long time ago, we just decided. And so, uh, so, man, for the last four years, we've had a house full of girls every homecoming weekend. And they'll come over after the dance. And they'll hang out until like 2, 3 in the morning, um, which means unless you like live in a padded room, you can hear it till 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, right? And so if I'm a little off today, it's because I got no sleep. Come on, somebody. Give me grace, all right? And, uh, and so they all came over and they had fun. But here's the thing. Uh, there were some stressful moments leading up to this and, uh, because before there can be a dress, before there can be makeup, before there can be hair done, uh, before they can go out with their friends and eat and take pictures, which by the way, has everything turned into an Instagram post? 
I don't know, like, ever, like, I don't know how you guys have so many paparazzis following you around. I'm scrolling through Instagram sometimes. I'm like, how, how in the world do they have someone at the gym taking video and pictures of them right now? Right? Like, what, why are they posing all the time? Well, of course, they, this, this is the thing. And so they had a professional photographer come that blessed them. And I'm just like, this is out of control, people. So they meet up with their friends, they do the pictures, but before there could be the pictures, before there could even get to the dance, before there could even be a, a party at our house last night, they had to do one thing, they had to secure their spot at the dance, right? Before all of this, there was something they needed to do first. And the first thing they needed to do is they needed to go and buy their ticket, right? The ticket went on sale weeks, if not months before, and they go and they get their ticket. Now if they have their ticket, then all of, the, all of the prompt and circumstance starts, right? Now they gotta get the dress, and they gotta try on 27 dresses, and that's no exaggeration, by the way. Okay, but before there could be any of that, there had to be the first things first. There had to be a ticket to the homecoming. Here in Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, I want you to see this, because here's the reality. I think we all wanna live in the place where our barns are overflowing, right? We all wanna live in the place where there's, there's new wine and all that stuff. But notice it doesn't say this. It doesn't say because your barns are overflowing and because you have this great wine, therefore because of that, I want you to bring in the first fruits. Are you with me? It says, hey, I want you to honor the Lord with the first fruits. I want you to honor all of your possession, the first of all that you, I want you to honor me, that's God saying this, with that, and then this will happen. Okay, now listen to what it's saying. You have already, so whatever you have, honor God with that. And as you honor God with first fruits, guess what? You're never going to lack. Are you with me? Okay? Again, it's not saying that, hey, we're giving to get something in return. What it's saying is, you already have produce. You already have stuff going on. So here's all I want you to do. Whether it's this much or this much or this much, I just want you to honor me with it. And I want it to be the first and I want it to be the best. And as that happens, you're going to continue to have. Are you with me this morning? Okay? So last couple of weeks, we talked about the tithe principle. Where is the tithe principle rooted in? The tithe principle, giving 10% of all of our income. What's it rooted in? It's rooted in, in this right here. And really, I think in to, in today in church, we don't talk enough about this principle, but this principle right here really will change everything in your life. When you understand the first fruits, when you understand that before all of this, man, you actually have, so what are you doing with what you have? Let's bring that in, and if you grasp this, it changes everything in your life. What is the first fruits? What is the first fruits? If you're a note taker, it's in your notes there. The first fruits is a biblical principle that states, and this is going back now, that the firstborn of every living creature belongs to God, okay? This is what the first fruits idea is rooted in. Okay, let me read it to you out of the scriptures. In Exodus 13, one through two, it says, the Lord spoke to Moses. So now we're going back, right? Exodus, that's the second book of the Bible. So we're going way back, okay? Exodus 13, one through two. The Lord spoke to Moses, consecrate every firstborn male to me, the firstborn from every womb among the Israelites, both man and domestic animal. It is mine. What's he saying? He's saying, listen, Humans, firstborn, I want you to consecrate the firstborn to me. Why is that? Here's why that is, because whatever opens the womb is holy, okay? 
Why is that? Because marriage is holy. When you go back, listen, the greatest picture in Scripture for our relationship, the church's relationship to Jesus, is a marriage. Okay? That's holy. Okay? One man, one woman. Right? The global church of Jesus Christ, one church, and Jesus himself. Not adding any other to it, it's just... Right? Jesus, the church, there's the bride, there's the groom, come together. It's beautiful. So therefore, the, the snapshot of this in Scripture is a marriage. Marriage is holy. What is produced out of marriage? First fruits, child, opens the womb, is holy. Okay? Consecrate that child unto, unto me. But not just humans. It says even, even your livestock. Why is that? Because God is the provider and he provides them with everything they need. And so now the livestock here, hey, I want that firstborn to be consecrated to me as well. Uh, go on here in Exodus chapter 12, 13. And it says, you are to present to the Lord every firstborn male of the womb. All firstborn offsprings of livestock you own that our males will be the Lord's. You must redeem every firstborn of a donkey. We'll talk about that in just a minute. With a flock animal like a, a lamb. But if you do not redeem it, break its neck. What in the world is happening? Whoa. But I'm glad it says this. However, you must redeem every firstborn among your sons. In other words, it says this. For the livestock, if it's unclean um, animals, so there's, there's two different categories of animals in Scripture. All right, they're exemplary of, of, uh, of what they mean. So there's a donkey that's an unclean one. There's a lamb that's a clean one. Okay? And so what it's saying is, it's saying, hey, if it's a clean one, man, you've got to yeah, sacrifice that or offer that to the Lord. If it's an unclean one, coming from, you know, like a donkey or other unclean animals, it must be redeemed. And if you're not going to redeem it, you can't let it live, you've got to break its neck. But I'm thankful for the next part of that scripture. By the way, this is just for the animals, not for your kids. That's what it's saying. Let me, just, let me just make sure, all right? All right because here's the reality. Um, none of us have to teach our kids how to be bad. How many of you guys have kids? Anybody have kids? Okay. How many of you guys hung out with somebody's kids? <laughs> yeah, right? right? Here's the reality. You don't have to teach a kid how to be bad. Listen, the Bible says we're all born into iniquity. We're all born into a sinful state. In other words, we're all born unclean, right? Here's the principle. The principle is if it's unclean, it needs to be redeemed. If it's clean, it needs to be offered. Are you with me this morning? I want you to catch this, because this is symbolic of what Jesus did for humanity, okay? Jesus, being the firstborn, the only born of God, being the only one that's clean, he gets offered for us because we're all born into iniquity and we're unclean. Aren't you thankful our necks didn't get broken? Aren't you thankful that there was a sacrifice, Jesus Christ, given up for us so that we could live life and have that life more abundant? Right? That's the first fruits. Listen, God doesn't ask us to practice something he himself didn't do. God offered first fruits when he offered Jesus the clean. That's why the Bible says in John 1.29, right, when Jesus is coming, behold, the lamb. Why? Because a lamb is a clean animal. Behold, the lamb that does what? Takes away the sins of the world. Isn't that powerful? And so here in Exodus, what's taking place? This is what's taking place. What's happening is, is God is saying, here, here's what I want to have happen. I want you to offer a first fruits 
to me. First fruits rooted in scripture is the firstborn. If it's clean, man, offer it up, okay? If it's unclean, it needs to be, it needs to be redeemed. So here's the principle. What is the first fruits? The first fruits is whatever is offered that's clean, that first part redeems the other part. Are you with me this morning? All right, this is, this is first fruits, okay? First fruits, okay, next part here. First fruits must be offered, must be offered. We cannot give what does not belong to us. We can either bring it and offer it, or we can steal it by keeping it. Exodus 23, 19 says this. Bring the best of the first fruits of your land to the house of the Lord your God. That's period there, and we're gonna talk about the, the next part of that verse. Bring the best of the first fruits of your land to the house of the Lord God. Let, let's see what it says here. It says this, it says I want you to bring it. It doesn't say give it, right? It doesn't say I want you to sacrificially give something to me. It says I want you to offer, I want you to bring the first fruits. What's the Bible saying there? The Bible is saying this, hey look, none of it's yours. I, God, am the one that has given you everything and I provided it for you. And so really you can't give it to me, it's already mine. All I'm asking you to do is I'm asking you to offer it back to me. The first, and I'm not asking for everything, I'm just asking for the first and I'm asking for the best. Right, let me ask you this question, how many guys believe that God deserves our best? Right, I, I don't think anybody in here would be like, eh, it depends on the day, right? I mean, we might feel that sometimes, but if we're honest and you really think about what God has done for us and what God has done for humanity by sending his only son Jesus to die on the cross, it's really, it's really easy math, right? Yeah, let's just give him our best. I mean, thank God our necks aren't broken, right? See, we're getting back to this idea here of first things first. First things first, and really what it comes back to, it comes back to trust comes back to trust. As a matter of fact, if you go back to the passage we read to start off this whole service in Proverbs chapter 3, 9, and 10, uh, what you're going to see, is, at least in my heading, it says, trusting God is the heading. This is the same passage that we get, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your steps. This is, the same, this is the same passage. It's trusting God. Written, written most likely by a man named Solomon and written, and it's, it's known as the wisdom book. And it's literally it's written in such a way that it's writing to a son and it's saying, hey son, don't ignore these statutes. Don't ignore these principles. Get these in your heart. Get these in your spirit. There is a first fruit principle, son. And if you get that, man, your life's gonna be blessed. Okay? So here it is. We can't give it though, we have to, to offer it. We have to offer it, because once again, we can't give what doesn't belong to us. We can only say, God, thank you, and we're gonna offer back, and listen, he's not, he's not he's, that's all he's asking for, right, is the first part, that first part. Matter of fact, we see this in, um, uh, later on in, the, in scripture, and uh, maybe you're not aware of this uh, story, but in the, the book of Joshua, Joshua is, is uh, now uh, tasked with taking over uh, 10 cities to get into the promised land, okay? Anybody ever heard that story before? I know a lot of us may not have because we're new to church, and that's okay. 
But in the book of Joshua, it talks about, hey, I want you to go into the promised land, but there's some cities you got to take to get, get into the promised land. Ten of them. Ten, we talked about it last week, is the number of testing, right? It's testing our hearts. So this is what God says to Joshua and the children of Israel. He says, hey, guys, uh, here's what's going to happen. You're going to go in. The first city you're going to take is Jericho. Okay? And that's, that's that one incredible story, right, in Joshua chapter 6, where God says, here's what you're going to do. Uh, you guys are going to march around the, uh, the city uh, uh, quietly uh, for six days. And then on the seventh day, when you march around, you're not going to be quiet anymore. You're going to shout, and you're going to blow trumpets, and man, the walls are going to come falling down. Like, cool story, right? And so in obedience, they do that, okay? Now, here's what God says to them. When you go into that city, Jericho, the first of the 10 cities you're going to take, when you go into that city, I, I, want, I don't want you to keep anything for yourself. You don't keep people. You don't keep livestock. You don't keep gold. You don't keep silver. You keep nothing, right? I want you to give it all to me. Don't take anything, Okay? And so they do what God says. They go in, and man, they march, and on the seventh day, they shout, It's a great trumpet right there, by the way. Why oh, you lads better than your trumpet. Walls come down. They go in. Boom. They destroy everybody except for one person. Keeps some stuff for himself. Bible go, go, says, go on, read it. It says that he just kind of tucks it under his bed, under his pillow, keeps it there. They go, chapter 7, to the second city. Man, they're jazzed, man, they're excited. They just took out Jericho and they go in and they're defeated. They don't win that battle. They lose horribly. And they go back and they're like, oh, what's going on? Joshua and God have this conversation, discover that guess what? The first fruits weren't offered. Someone kept some of the first fruits back. And because they kept the first fruits, listen to me, the first part redeems the other 90%. The first part, you didn't, you, you kept some stuff back, he says. In, the, in, this, in this way, you sinned against God, and therefore you lost in the second battle at the second city, and you didn't get it because you didn't give me the first. Are you with me this morning? This principle is seen throughout all of Scripture. But had they given God their first, Man, they just want to breeze right through those other nine. Listen, God is asking for our first. He's, off, he's asking for our, our best. And the only thing we can do is offer it to him. Are you with me this morning? So he says, offer it, bring it, 